Hello and welcome to the Top Order Podcast. Tonight we're joined by one of the newest members of the Black Caps side, someone who's had quite a 12 months in and out of bubbles and MIQs. There's been injuries, international debuts and, and becoming a part of history. Rachan Ravinder, welcome to the Top Order Podcast. Thanks guys, thanks for having me. So let's start, I mean, basically by just how are you? Because, I mean, as, as we've mentioned on the intro, it feels like it's been, I mean, definitely from us watching on your progress, it's been quite a year, at least from the outside. Have you kind of managed to process what's happened for you in the past 12 months, and you know, particularly in, in the cricket life, obviously? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's been a pretty, pretty cool 12 months. I've been pretty incredibly privileged to be able to represent my country and something that I've uh, obviously worked towards and had a dream since I was a, a very young kid, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty surreal, I guess. And it's, you don't, I don't, I guess you don't really get too much time to think about it, but I guess with all the MIQs and the bubbles you do nowadays, and you're able to actually just like reflect on those sort of moments that um, has gone by, but it has been an incredibly quick 12 months. I don't even know where the year's gone, <laughs> but the amount of cricket, like um, I've been involved in was, has been special and it's been, like I've created a lot of memories and it's been pretty cool. Yeah, because I mean, let's go back to late last year. I think it's, um, I was trying to look up sort of when you scored that 100 for New Zealand A and I think it's about 12 months to the day since that time. Did, did you kind of have any sense then that you were close to the, the top side? I guess, uh, yeah, it was actually been, yeah, been more than a year than like November, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess whenever you're part of the New Zealand they set up, you go have it like a little bit of the oh, okay, I'm in the second best team or um, whatever for 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 the Black Caps. But you know, I, I guess I never really thought about it because it was like, well, I'm trying to do my best, I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to get better and um, test my skills against international opponents. But like, I guess you you put those performances up and I guess people start to notice. But like, ultimately, I was just trying to do my thing and uh, take it ball by ball as much as I could. And um, lucky enough, it's into me and um, where I am today. Mate, there's, there's definitely been a bit of a buzz about you over the past few years as a player to watch. We've been sort of taking great interest in your career on the podcast. You've had a couple of campaigns for the New Zealand Under-19s. You've got that big 100 for New Zealand A. And from everything we've read, it seems like you've been training like a professional for a few years now. Do you hear any of that buzz? I mean, we're not that old, but the world's changed a bit since we were 22. I mean, what's it like to have your name starting to pop up on social media, on Crick Info and all those kind of places? Yeah, it's uh, it is. I think it is a balancing act. I think, especially in the like modern world, there's so much social media and there's so much. I guess not can be media scrutiny at times. But like personally, I try to stay off that sort of stuff. I think um, a lot of the time it can be so up and down. And obviously, I appreciate all the support from everyone. But um, but I think I'm just I just try to I guess keep my head down and uh, do what I try to do best. Like train hard and work on work on myself and. I guess all that sort of recognition and all the media will come um, as a result of all that. So, and that's the thing, like you have a couple of failures and then they're on your back, but like you, you do well and they're your best friends. So uh, that's just the way the industry is. And I think it's, especially in 2021 now, going to 22 too, it's sort of the way the world is. So I just try to uh, stay away from all that stuff. And if it happens, cool. That's a pretty atypical response for a 22 year old. Sounds like you've got a really, really screwed on head on your shoulders. Look, it has been a year of massive ups for you, but it started with a bit of a down. Sort of late January, you dislocate your shoulder. Looks like you'll need surgery, be out for nine months. You must have been gutted with the way your year started, but then you've bounced back beautifully since then. Yeah, it was uh, a pretty days harrowing experience at that time. Eh? Like I did it as soon as I did, I was like, oh my god! Like I like so I've had surgery on the same shoulder before. So this was I think when I was maybe sixteen or seventeen, I've had the same surgery, 
and I've had like the four years that I, it was like fine, no issues. And then that one day something just happened, which was like extremely disappointing because like I knew like pre from previous experiences, like since getting the surgery, you do it again. That's like, okay, you have to get it. Like it means it's a re-tear of the original. That means you're out six to nine months. And it was like, obviously extremely disappointing. I was like, oh my God, like this, like not, not necessarily looking ahead of the tours, but I was like, okay, this, like I missed this much cricket for Wellington. I get a whole winter. Like I can't improve during this winter. I've just got to get back to square one. I, could, I can't hold it back for four months and all that sort of stuff was playing on my mind. But I guess I was lucky enough to, uh, through our physio initial shower, Wellington physio was really instrumental in my surgery sort of helped me like go through all that. That was pretty I was very, very lucky to come out of that sort of thing and being able to go in terms of rehab and take, I guess, uh, a few weeks off, maybe like maybe a month and a bit and get back into the game, which was honestly like amazing because without cricket, it's, a, it's pretty niggly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that, you know, that's like such a, I guess, a life-changing moment when you get the call to say you're on the tour probably for, for the UK. Who, uh, who gave you that call? Can you kind of run us through what happened there? Yeah, so we had a we had a four day in Auckland, and like guys had like asked me like, oh, like, are you in the mix or whatever? I'm like, oh, I have no idea. Like, I'll just just see what happens. I'll just leave my phone on. And we were flying actually in the air, like uh, like almost like literally taking off. And then I saw my phone ringing. It was Gary Stead. Nice. Oh my god, I can't actually take this. So I actually like had to not. I had to like leave it. And then he like and I saw the text. Oh, like call me whenever you have a chance. And that was like the most nervy hour plane ride of my life. I was like, oh my God, have I just got like my first sort of selection call up for New Zealand? But uh, I, yeah, it was, nah, it was cool. It was uh, really special. And then like obviously called him back when I touched down in Wellington and he gave me the good news. But yeah, it was an um, incredible feeling. It was everything you sort of dream of, um, the coach giving you this sort of news. Jeez, it's, uh, it's uh, I don't think I would have been able to not answer that call. You've done well there. Yeah, oh, it, t- it took all, because I knew like I couldn't, I couldn't like cut out halfway through the flight. That would, well, halfway through in the air, that'd be a bad look for me. She's <laughs> all mental strength. I would have been asking for special dispensation from the flight attendant. Like, look, it's New Zealand cricket calling. Can I please take this call on the tarmac as soon as we Just land? I'm on the phone. Yeah, but nah, did like, that. but it was quite cool because I was like, my parents picked me up um, from Wellington, so I was able to like call and then just like see them straight away and be like, oh, I'm in the black caps, you know, and they're really excited and. Mum was really happy when I got home. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, awesome. That's that's really cool. And, I mean, obviously you didn't get on the field in that, on that tour, but what was the experience like? Because I feel like every time I've seen – we started seeing Devin Conway around the group, it seemed like he was always perching himself next to Kane, and I always kind of assumed that he's just – the two of them are just sitting there talking about the, the art of batting. And, like, is that something you tried to do? Like, are you strategically parking yourself next to someone and picking their brains the whole time? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say strategically, but I think it's just the way it flows. I think that's the thing with this team. Like it's a bunch of world-class cricketers and everyone knows so much about the game. So like even just like a little chat during a game or even observing them during training is, um, it's pretty cool. And even just like seeing how they go about things, the way they prepare, the way they are mentally, like how they get themselves into the zone or, and stuff like that is, is pretty cool. And I guess like the environment is amazing for it. They like, they're always happy. Everyone's happy to help and they're always willing to share information and, I think as a young guy coming into that group was quite cool like knowing like ross and kane and all those guys are so like open and willing to like help which was um which is amazing yeah and you guys are obviously pretty close with devon conway's a nice little i think it's crick info's got an article on on you and, and devon and, and the close relationship that you guys have got must have been quite special to be there for his 200 on debut 
Oh, it was incredible. Like I've, I've known Dev for the last maybe four or five years and he's just like an incredible bloke, like a, obviously an amazing player, but he's an even better person. But like that day was amazing for him and he's worked so hard and the, his story is incredible. And I've like, this thing I've seen like firsthand of him going through everything, like him first coming to Wellington and him like training so hard and everything. And it was, it was incredibly special to like witness that and, like every, like all props go to him. He's an incredible player and one of the best guys you'd ever sort of have anything to do with. And it's actually a really honour to be be one of his close mates. All right. It, it, I mean, it's cool because I guess sometimes you don't see that from the outside, but it, you sort of get that impression when you when you watch Devin as a as a player. Um, but I guess moving to to the World Test Championship final, you went in that squad. Did you guys get to stick around in the UK, or were you back in MIQ by then? Nah, like we left. We left the day before, so we uh, helped out the guys preparing and stuff, training and all that, and then we just uh, came home the day before. So it was like a, it was quite good watching MIQ. Like I was jet lagged anyways, so just had on on all night sleep during the day, and then use it a second week to sort of catch up my sleep schedule. Yeah, brilliant. So you did you stay up all night, watch that final yeah. day six? Yeah, yeah, I watched every every day, even the rain day. I couldn't sleep anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Because cause how was that when – I wanted to ask you how it was for you really because, I, you know, I guess for me as someone who's grown up, you know, I'm 37 now, I feel like I've been through some dark days as a, a New Zealand fan. But you might – like, do you kind of re- always remember New Zealand as a, a good cricket side? That, that, like, that's the thing. Like, when – since I was about maybe like 13 or whatever, like, when you know when you're, like, at a sound follow – like, you follow cricket, maybe like, going into college and you're, like – that's the thing. Like all the guys in the current team have been my, like my idols growing up, like through mm-hmm. that thing. And I like sharing moments. Like I've watched like the, the that World Cup game where Timmy uh, Sally got seven for at the like stadium. There I was there. Like I took like a day off school to watch that. Yeah. Like just though, like, like those little things was makes it like quite special. And you're right. Like I oh, I obviously like love cricket, but like you don't really have an understanding of it when you're like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. Like you just like oh yeah, these are my these are my favorite players or whatever. But like seeing them so successful, obviously through the McCullum era and going to Kane and the work he's done has been amazing. And I guess my memories have been like New Zealand being one of the best teams in the world, which is pretty cool. And and then look, a month or two later, you know, you're, you're back out on debut in Bangladesh, you know, then before being rushed out of Pakistan. How was that experience for you? You know, you, you made your international debut. You're there with Glenn Pocknell, your Wellington coach, who seems like he's been really instrumental for you behind the scenes and, and quite a few others, the Wellington guys. There was Ben Sears on the tour who's played with for a long time. Yeah, conditions were really challenging. Can you, can you kind of run us through what that tour was like? Yeah, it was, uh, those conditions were completely foreign. Like we've never seen anything like it. And we've seen, we obviously what we're watching the Aussie scores and only had like a little highlights from that their series against them. Like only like a few weeks earlier, they were playing, uh, playing them. And it was pretty like eye opening to see what was sort of going on there. And you go there and you see, wow, this is so different, but I think it's like an incredible sort of learning experience. And the, the guys there who, um, the senior players like Tommy and, uh, Henry Nichols and all those guys were amazing sort of, being able to lead and have those conversations. Jazzy was there as well, and he was instrumental in helping me out with the ball. But, like, just those sort of uh, – there was, like, a massive learning because, like, then, you know, like, you can contribute with bat and ball and on the sort of international stage gives you that sort of confidence. 
Um, but yeah, it was nice having familiar faces along. Obviously, Tommy Blundell, like another one of my really close mates from Wellington. Like I played so much cricket with him and had so many conversations about cricket with him. Um, it was cool to like have him sort of there and yeah, Cezzy playing cricket with himself five, yeah. like yeah. like really familiar faces all around the group, which has made it quite a nice little environment to be in. And I guess as an all rounder, and we and we do use like classify you as an all rounder though, because you've got test wickets, you've got uh, test runs. Um, and you're batting in the top seven, obviously. What did you take away from that first tour to Bangladesh? Did you take away more as a batter in terms of having to combat challenging conditions, or did you take away more as a bowler in that, okay, these are conditions that are favourable to my left arm spin. I want to be able to maximise a strength here in terms of my learning on this tour. I think um, I think it was definitely a bit of both. Like I, I wanted to learn at every single, obviously win and learn same time and wanted to do that with both bat and ball and hopefully that's sort of uh, a blueprint of uh, how it's going to go in the future I think mm-hmm. I want to uh, obviously do both um, hopefully to a high level in, in, uh, in the future but like it was it was good like a lot of learnings were batting based I guess because like it was so different like you know bowling bowling was probably just that like my length it was all about like my length if my length was consistent and key it was going to turn anyways and I had that means they can't hit me down the ground and whatever whatever so it makes it a lot harder um, for them if it's turning and holding but like banning was just there were so many options that I would probably use over there that, I, that you wouldn't even think of in New Zealand like whereas like over there sweeping reverse sweeping going at like run a ball against spin is like a win like in New Zealand and the like especially like small boundaries flat wicket to like run a ball against spin that's ridiculous like come on <laughs> we've got to take them down sort of thing you know but like it's just like really, really open to my, my eyes about what like angles I can hit, what gaps can I hit, what ball I can actually manipulate in different areas, which was um be cool for, for like in terms of skill set thing. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear you talk like that because yeah, when we're watching the games, there was a lot of chat about like is are they actually learning anything because these pitches are just so different. Like they're never going to have to uh, encounter this kind of stuff again, particularly not in a T Twenty game. You know, maybe. Uh, maybe those those tests in, in India were uh, you know had some similarities in terms of uh, you know trying to block out that game and stuff. But yeah, like so you say there is a there is a lot that you can learn from those experiences. I completely I completely agree. There's definitely heaps because although you might not come against that same sort of wicket, it means on a wicket not as maybe it still holds, but like you play and you work out your options on a wicket like that that's so extreme. When you come to one that's like kind of in the middle, you're like well. I've done it on a harder wicket. I know. And you click like straight away. Okay, this is what I need to do. And then hopefully um, your plan sort of aligns with the game and it makes it a lot easier rather than being like, I guess, being flat wickets all the time. And then you go to one that's a bit holdy, but turning a bit, and then you're kind of stuck. Whereas you'd rather have the other way, get thrown in the deep end, like have that little sort of challenging few games and learn from that. And then hopefully when you go some in the middle, it's a bit easier. Mm, interesting. And then look, you know, we just mentioned India. When, when did you get the call up to find out that you were going to be in that Test eleven? So it was it was kind of during I got called into the Bangladesh. They were like, like, look, like we're looking at you for this India tour as well. Is it okay? Because we'd like go home and then go away and stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, like please, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, but then yeah, I got the confirmation after I sort of came back and was like guaranteed. Um, but yeah, it was like again like a surreal feeling because like you I watched so much cricket in India growing up, like it's perfect time. Like you watch the test matches and you're like, this is amazing. Like I'd love to play against these guys, like Ashwin, Jadeja, etc. Like you you build those sort of like moments in your head and you're like, wow, this is and then you go to the ground, you're like, oh my god, this is where this happened. Which is quite um it's quite cool. 
And obviously you, you got your cap on the ground on the beginning of the first day of the test. What what was that like? Who gave you the cap? Can you walk us through the cap ceremony? And another question that's come from our chief researcher here. Are there other uh, initiation or, or ceremonies involved with a debutante making their debut in the New Zealand side? Do you have to give a speech about economic development in the in the Western world or, you know, sing a song or, or, or you know, showcase a hidden skill, anything like that? Or is it just sort of straight up and down Here's your cap and a little bit of a speech from a past player and away you go. Nah, it's uh, like, it's it's generally just like, here, like, here's your cap sort of. So like, essentially the day before where we, it's like a guest speaker and then they, they speak and then they hand the caps to everyone. So it's like happens before each test or whether it's someone who's been associated with the New Zealand team, which is makes every sort of test match pretty special. Mm. And then like, it was quite cool because like they boo, like everyone gives you like a standing ovation and that was just like a big, like, oh, like we're on here, you know, next day, like I'm playing, you know, which is, which is quite cool. And um, I was lucky enough to get my cap by Tommy Blundell. And like I said before, an incredibly close friend and it meant the world to me and knowing that he gave me my cap and that's like a memory I'll never, ever forget. And like, he's an absolute role model for me. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool to get that from him. But nah, there are, there are no other sort of initiations. I remember like back in school, we'd have that day, like, <laughs> like sing with headphones on and stuff. <laughs> those, those were the days. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Yeah. And obviously a pretty unique tour going on tour to India. And, and traditionally it's been very much a, you're either in the hotel and you don't experience much or you're out there in the culture and, and experience as much as you can. How much did you get to experience of being in India on that tour? Or was it sort of strict bubble life, hotel to hotel, hotel to ground, that kind of environment? Uh, it was... Like you said, it was still kind of strict sort of bubble life and stuff, but you still could see like the passion that Indians have and the the fan the fandom they have over cricketers was crazy. Like even so, like even the T Twenty series, I ended up being like involved in those games and being like the crowds were incredible. Like Eden Gardens was amazing. Like the packed out crowds, the like the noise, the fans, like like the way they see cricket and cricketers they see them as gods and it's crazy like especially those Indi- the Indian team it's um crazy experience there and even like guys at the hotel every time they'd want like they'd, they're well played well done man like they know exactly what's happened they watched every ball and like every time you go to the ground there's like thousands of people there and outside your hotel you open your window and there's you know like curtains there's thousands of people there just like waiting for like one glimpse which is like which makes the experience, although like you can't leave your hotel, but like it shows you uh, how different India is and how crazy those fans are, which is um, pretty incredible to see that, see that sort of fashion. Yeah, because have you, have you been there before? I've seen family from there. Yeah, I've been there a few times actually because dad sort of uh, runs like a, I guess, like an India trip for like, um, in terms of like cricket-wise, it's for like a number of age groups and he's done that for a number of years. So um, it's been cool to go on this trip to experience that. Can I just touch on that? Because that's a, a pretty unique thing to be able to have that experience going to India and experiencing Indian conditions. How valuable has that been for you as a cricketer growing up and being able to go and both bat and bowl in those environments and learn your game in terms of not just the New Zealand conditions, you know, swing and seam and movement, but to be able to combat those different set of environments. Does it round out your game more? What's what's it taught you? Yeah, I think well, not, this not necessarily made me like a complete player but it makes you sort of uh, understand your options better and make you a more round like you said a more rounded player because like like i said before those conditions are so different mm. and you pick you pick little things from even what they do like yeah they play splendo so differently over there and 
because pitches are so different. So like being able to take those experiences was amazing. And especially being like, I guess being a teenager in New Zealand, you don't get that much cricket. You get like, you play every Saturday, like one day gets rained off and you're like, Oh, I haven't batted in two weeks, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, this is, but like you go to India and the way it worked was like, are you there for like two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks, you play like 15 games, 16 games or something like that. And you're just like cricket, 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 which is amazing. Mm-hmm. You're getting that in July. And like, it's just like that experience was so invaluable, not just because of the conditions, but just like being able to the sheer volume of it. And on that last day of the first test, you're batting for survival for New Zealand, for your country in India, in those conditions. How much more confident were you or how much did you take from those preparations, that prior experience of being in India to go, no, I got this. Like I'm comfortable in these conditions now and I know that I can do this job. Yeah, I wouldn't say whether you were comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You definitely do take a lot of confidence from it. I think I'm a big believer in confidence comes from hard work. And I think if you can train hard and put yourself in challenging situations um, off the field, it makes being in the game a lot easier. So train hard, play easy sort of thing, which is mm. playing's never easy though. Um, it, it makes it easier and it makes it, I guess you, you can never really simulate like crowd and, and like all the noise and all the pressure around this match, but you can definitely replicate like what what's in front of you, just like the physical wicket and what, what it's doing. And I think being able to do that by going to India and, improvising and training putting like bar spin mats down and all that sort of stuff has definitely helped and basically more confidence in your defense especially like over there it's um i think that that last sort of day and the way other guys bat like tommy lathan and you bat on that first test show like if you have confidence in your defense like more often than not you, you can go well yeah and look i mean after that uh partnership and, and obviously the catch you and aj has a kind of bonded in, in history for life now um, I mean, I know you've kind of already talked quite a lot about uh, what it was like to be under under that catch and, and the nerves going through you there. But what when did you guys kind of start to think he might do this? Like, were you guys talking about that on the field? It was. It wasn't really like a. I guess when he took like it was. He took like so he was four overnight, and then in the morning he'd take like five and six. He went like bang bang. And we're like. Mm. Bro, like, I was like kind of joking about like, get 10, man. Like, you know, like, let's go, Jazzy. Like, you take all of them. And then all of a sudden, it was like, he took seven. Oh, my God, he's got eight. Nine. We're like, it's actually going to happen. And, like, that high ball went up. I was like, oh, my God. Please, get, please catch it. I could see everyone, like, celebrating in, like, my in the corner of my eyes. And I was like, oh, this is still a high catch, guys. Like, don't get, don't get too crazy. But, nah, Jazzy, like, he deserves every sort of every sort of bit. Like, I've known him for a while, like, a long time now, actually. Like, just my first sort of introduction to pressure cricket through like his own cricket winter squad and he's been there like for me every step of the way and he's such an incredible bowler and i can see him do that it's just it's still like crazy for me to think he took 10 wickets in innings just like trying to wrap my head around it only done three times which was testament to how good that guy is yeah we start we still can't get our head around it here i do have one question though and we've covered it on the podcast previously will somerville's probably in the top five international cricketers in terms of nice guys was he kind of deliberately bowling the ball down leg and making sure that he didn't accidentally jag a wicket to take away from AJ's 10 foot? What was the strategy down the other end? Nah, I, I honestly don't think there was any sort of strategy. I think I think we we probably, Summers did say he's a good, like, like you said, great man. And he, he did mention that after, because he got that eighth wicket and then he actually got the, oh, sorry, ninth and then got the 10th and same over. Mm. If he was on nine after next over, Summers was like, maybe maybe I'll have to do that. But nah, 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 he's... Like everyone's a competitor, we we try we try to do whatever we can, and but it turns out Jazzy was just um, incredible as he always is. 
Yeah, I actually saw some footage floating around uh, after that of when Murali had nine. He got the first nine in a test match. I don't know if you've seen that, but I think Chiminda Vass is bowling at the other end. The guy nicks it and no one appeals because they all wanted him to get the, <laughs> the, the last wicket. But someone eventually, I think from cover or something, just shouted out, hey, and the umpire had to give it out. And everyone else was yeah. kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> But that, that, that's the thing, like, even when, I guess, when Kumble got his 10, I, th- I think there was a couple other bowlers at the other end bowling, like, well outside off, just being like, nah, like, it's the night. Like, that's the thing on Jazzy's 10. Like, I'm not trying to compare anything, obviously, but, like, no, like, there was no such, like, talk about that. Mm. It was just, Jazzy just did, did his thing and he just took 10. Yeah. I still, I don't know, it's still crazy to me. Uh, and, and when it is unbelievable. And, I mean, you know, I guess what was the, the next bit of that test match like? Because obviously something historic like that happens. I'm sure you guys are all wanting to kind of celebrate and get soaked up in that moment. But then, look, wickets start tumbling. A few hours later, you guys are back in the field again, and the rest of the test was pretty tough going. Like, was it – did it kind of deflate the moment at all? Or, yeah, how how's all of that play out? Yeah, I, I think – Obviously, it's, it was a difficult test match in the end. Like a, a, playing Indian India is always going to be hard, especially on the sort of wickets in there. Incredible bowlers. They're a world-class team, one of the best in the world. But I think, like, it was, like, you still got to celebrate those sort of things. Like, it was, like, it was amazing. I don't, I don't necessarily think it took away a focus or anything because, like, it's everyone's professional at the end of the day. But I, I just think we, we just didn't play as well as we could have. Um, and India played really good. And that's just, I guess, the way cricket crumbles sometimes. Mm. And but a nice personal moment for you, I'm sure, when you look back at that scorecard and see Virat Kohli bowled Ravindra. Yeah, it is nice. He's well, he's been the best uh, batter in the world for a long time, and um, yeah, he's an incredible cricketer. But nah, it, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool to get that sort of wicket. But it was it was nice to get test wickets. I guess every sort of test wicket you relish, and um, it was cool to get a few on the last day. And, and were you able to have a, a bit of a yarn with those Indian spinners? Because as you say, just incredible bowlers. I mean, Ashwin, Jadeja in particular, have got such a, a history of just being incredible, particularly in Indian conditions for so long. Were you able to kind of pick their brains and talk to them about bowling? Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't really have much time to do that. And especially with like COVID, we couldn't really mingle too much. Mm. But like, definitely one day I'd love to um, pick their brains and especially in Indian conditions how. how while they bowl and it showed like Ashwin obviously man of the series and Judasia was in that first test that second innings it was just ridiculous like the, he had the ball on an absolute dime and obviously Axel Patel has had an incredible start to his, his career but like those sort of guys know how to bowl in those conditions they've done it for years and years but like one day it would be amazing to um, talk spin with them and uh, and who organised that uh, you know Rachin Judasia or Ravi, Ravi Judasia Axa Patel photo was that Willie or was that you know one of the other media yeah, crew a, or one of you guys come up with Willie. that? It was a bit of it was Willie, a bit of other media, but it was actually ended up quite a cool photo. Eh? Oh, it's great! It's gone around social media. It's gold. Yeah, good. Um, I just wanted to wrapping up on that tour. You've you've made your test debut as number seven and a, a spin bowler. Obviously, you bat at the top of the order. Uh, for Wellington, how do you view yourself as a cricketer? You kind of pop up on the radar and you go well, and everyone starts penciling in, you into their future lineups and all sorts of different spots. You know, he can open, he can be frontline spinner, he can do this, that, and the other. It seems like he can do everything except keep wickets, and you can probably do that too. Um, and we're all guilty of playing selectors in our in our living rooms. How do you see your game, and where would you like it to go? Oh, honestly, like. I do whatever the team wants me to do, whatever Gary wants me to do, whatever Kane would want me to do. I just, I'm just trying to be a better cricketer every single day and further my skills with bat, ball, and fielding. I think ultimately, if I can contribute with uh, bat and ball, a bat and ball to 
uh, hopefully winning a lot of trophies with, with the Black Caps. That would be my, I guess, ideal role. But I, I, honestly, I'd, I'd bat anywhere and stuff. And that's I enjoy opening the batting and I enjoy bowling, but I, I'll enjoy batting anywhere, to be honest. Any chance to represent the Black Caps is an honor. Yeah, that's so, the right answer. Yeah, the team wants me to do. That's the right answer. In terms of your your future, do you see yourself as a three-format player? Do you see yourself as someone who would like to be a test specialist one day as a, maybe an opening bat? Where do you see yourself going in, in terms of playing those different formats? Oh, I'd love to play all three formats, I think. Um, obviously, test cricket is amazing, and uh, it's definitely the, I guess, pinnacle in test cricket, but um, white balls um, equally as, uh, it can be as flat or more flamboyant and uh quite, I guess, interesting for a, for a casual fan, but I'd love to play all three formats. I, I love I love any type of cricket. So I'll keep trying to develop my game in um, all facets. And, and look, it's been great talking to you. We, we should let you go. It's um, But just finally, I guess, what's the next few weeks look like? I mean, obviously, uh, a little might depend on selection for the Bangladesh tests, which you may or may already not know, and we won't uh, l- let you have to put you on the spot there. But um, like, do you get some time off now, or are you straight, like, are you straight back into Firebirds training and playing Super Smash on Sunday? Yeah, I, uh, I'll, probably, I'll probably... Well, we have to do home isolation for a few days anyway, so I'll probably do that and then I'll look to get back to playing for Wellington as soon as I can. I, I love playing for Wellington. I love those. I love that group of guys. I love playing at the basin. And, uh, the Super Smash is cool and being able to share a field with um, my like close mates is, is pretty special. So hopefully I'll be back to play for Wellington and I guess from then on we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I, if not, then I'll be watching the lads from the bank of the basin on hopefully a nice sunny day. Beautiful. Oh, well, look, Rachin, it's been yeah, real pleasure to, to chat to you and, and you know, huge uh, all the best for, for the rest of the season. Um, you know, it's been been great watching your, your journey so far and we, we hope it goes a long way. Cheers, mate. Thanks heaps, guys. Thanks heaps for having me.